Hello and happy Friday. I'm Tim Sevenhusen, and this is my obstinate antic to make the world slightly less feeble. things to make up for uh for not doing the podcast last week which i was supposed to but i uh ended up being in in nanaimo uh, visiting with my family um so i didn't get it done then but uh we've got some things to talk about this week first of all just uh you noticed in the blog already i'm sure uh my new book of short stories becoming is now available in fact i've got a few packages uh sitting on my desk right in front of me right now ready to get mailed out next time i I get get to the post office, which hopefully will be today or tomorrow. So people who've ordered one already should be getting them. Uh, hopefully not too long. Depends where you live. If it's in Canada, not too long. If it's uh, somewhere else around the world, it'll take a little bit longer to get there. But that's just the way things go. Uh, and so this is the uh, second quarter of the year of stories. Uh, there's I think 17 stories in this in this book. Uh, following up on uh, Discovery was the first quarter. So if you haven't read those stories, you can see them all free on on my blog, uh, or you can read them in print, which uh, seems like a lot of people prefer to do their reading in print. I know I do, uh, or at least on an e-reader rather than off a computer screen. Uh, it's a lot more comfortable, and you can do it wherever you want, take it with you. So uh, definitely check out the store, uh, uh, order yourself a copy of Becoming, or get Discovery and Becoming both together. And it's a lot cheaper on shipping that way because it doesn't. It costs virtually nothing extra. It's just the weight um, to ship them both together rather than shipping them separately. So it's a lot cheaper to buy them both together. So check those things out. Uh, there's going to be more more stuff heading into the store later this summer, hopefully. Um, I'm hoping to put out a special people book, and uh, and then also losing freight is going to be well. It's wrapping up. Tonight, actually, the next thing I do after this podcast is I'm going to write the, the final page of Losing Freight. And uh, once that's up, then the next step from there is to start thinking about turning it into a, an actual book that you can buy. And uh, that'll probably involve a little bit of rewriting and fleshing some stuff out, adding in details and all those kinds of things. Uh, I still have to have a, kind of a meeting with the, the publisher who's been publishing Losing Freight, figure out exactly what that's going to look like. Uh, because the the nature of losing freight with writing, uh, you know, 250, 300 word pages, um, and then having a poll at the end of each of them, it meant that every single day, basically, I, I would write something, I would end up with too many words, and I have to chop a whole bunch of them out. So a lot of uh, descriptive flavor, or you know, kind of entertaining dialogue that that didn't necessarily move move things forward quite quickly enough. All that kind of stuff got ended up getting cut out every day. And uh, it's too bad to lose that kind of stuff. Uh, it adds a lot more, a lot more flavor and a lot more interest, I think, to to the writing. So I, I'm hoping that I'll be able to go back and add a lot of that stuff back in, which will mean that people who've been reading along with Losing Freight from the very start and reading it, you know, every day, will have a reason to read the book once it's assembled into book format, because there'll be a lot more to see. Um, hopefully I'll be able to add in a lot of context and kind of clarify some people's, some, some characters' actions and decisions and 
um, you know, why they did certain things or, or, or things like, like I realized kind of halfway through that I wasn't really, um, following passage of time very well. It was just they're here and then all of a sudden they're somewhere else and all of a sudden they're somewhere else without much explanation of, you know, what was happening in between those, those things or how long it took to do something or, um, and all those kinds of things. So that's, uh, you know, I have to add in details like that. I don't think it, you know, it's anything that'll break any continuities or anything, but just to kind of give a better feel for uh, how things are happening and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, it'll be, yeah, it'll be good to, to add that in. And like I said, hopefully give, give people who read all, read it all the way through a, a reason to, to read the, read it all in one sitting or couple of sittings and, and kind of get something new out of it again. So I don't know how long that process is going to take. Uh, hopefully not too long. And uh, we'll go from there. Uh, I briefly mentioned special people and how I'm hoping to do a book on that. But in news unrelated to to special people books, there has been a little bit of other stuff happening. Uh, just today I put up a special people timeline page on the website. So you can go on there and see, uh, I've just slotted in basically on a year-by-year -year basis uh, what the continuity is of the different story arcs. Uh, so basically, in, in terms of how, I, how I've how i written them, it started with I wrote Hands On, um, then I wrote King of the Dark, then Who Killed Walter Carton, now I'm on Hide and Seek, and there are a few short stories dispersed in there. But Hide and Seek actually takes place before any of the other stories. Um, and I never really made that clear when I started posting it. So I realized like this might be confusing to some people who think, okay, all this stuff has just happened in the story. Now we're following new characters, and they're acting as if none of that has happened before. And the reason is because none of that has happened yet. But you kind of have to read between the lines to get that. So I put up the timeline timeline page so you can see the order of stuff. Um, and a few of those details are, are potentially subject to change, but as a rough kind of idea, hide-and-seek is meant to be happening in around 2002-ish. Um, the comic, which uh, I'll talk about in a minute, uh, will be happening 2003, uh, approximately. Uh, Hands-on happened in 2011, just like it was written, uh, and then King of the Dark and Who Killed Walter Carton taking place in 2012. Uh, so that's that'll kind of show how the flow of it happens, and I have a few other things, a few other points in the timeline that I haven't added into the online, um, the page on the website yet, but but things about just to help me understand the continuity of it all better because there's a lot of stuff to keep track of and a lot of different characters and their their movements through the special people world. So uh, I made a concerted effort this afternoon to spend a bit of time straightening that all out. And and the reason that's helpful for me, and hopefully it'll be helpful for you as well, um, is that some of these stories, since I am following different characters, especially with hide-and-seek, you know, uh, Ian Innes is kind of a constant throughout all of it, but other than, other than him, you know, it's different characters completely. Um, Understanding the time relations between them, between, say, hide-and-seek and hands-on and how much time was in between those two, uh, seeing that it, you know, it was nine years is how I've set it up right now, that gives me enough time, that it gives me an understanding to realize what, what could have happened in between those two things and how do those two stories relate. Because while it seems like, you know, so far there's no real connection, um, the idea is that there, there will be uh, down the road, and I'm not going to... Uh, drop any details on that right now, but but there will be connections between you know what happens in hide and seek and uh, how that led to hands on King of the Dark and so on. Um, 
and then all the different things that happened in between. So it, it helps me get an idea for what could have happened and in what order and how long things would have taken. And hopefully it'll uh, help all of you keep track of that as well. Uh, so mentioning the Special People comic, um, I've been getting a little bit more work from the artist as he as he continues to work on it. Uh, just the other day I saw the first colored page um, and it looks pretty cool. I, I might share a snippet of that uh, next week at some point. Um, I haven't seen... he hasn't done the, the, the rough sketches for the last couple of pages yet, but uh, those should be ready soon. And, uh, and then the process from there is then, he, then I you know, kind of approve all the, the basic sketches and layouts and he'll finish coloring, um, like, yeah, like, uh, do, finishing up all the line art and then coloring them all. And then I have to, uh, talk to the letterer and get him to put in all the speech bubbles and, and dialogue and everything. And that'll be that. And then get the cover done as well. So based on how long it's taken so far and how much is left to do, I'm thinking... This might the comic might not end up going up until September. Hopefully, hopefully I'll be able to start it in mid-August or so. But the other consideration in this is how long it takes me to tell hide and seek, because I don't want to throw the comic into the middle of hide and seek and disorient everyone. I want to finish hide and seek and then do the comic. So, um, with the amount of story that's left to tell in hide and seek, and and I don't have a hundred percent set roadmap for that yet, but as a rough estimate, I'm thinking that's probably going to take me. Uh, at least another month, maybe a month and a half, so that, that does put us into September for the comic, which is later than I originally uh, guessed or intended, but Hide and Seek has definitely expanded into a bigger story than I anticipated. I was thinking it was going to be a 10 or 12 chapter uh, story, and it's already at 15, and we're only just getting things ramped up. So that's uh, kind of how things are falling into place but uh, yeah we'll see how that that plays out and uh, all of those dates could change of course uh, and then for for reference to mention with with the timeline the comic I think I mentioned would be yeah would be happening in set in 2003 so this the comic takes place just after hide and seek and there may be some ways again I haven't planned this all out yet but that ways that the conclusion of hide-and-seek and the effects of what happens in it um, influence the events of the comic and kind of lead to the events of the comic. Uh, if you've read the script drafts on the forum that I set up for it, um, which you were able to read if you uh, backed the comic on Indiegogo, uh, then you know that might give you some intriguing things to think about knowing kind of roughly what happens in the comic and wondering how that'll connect to hide-and-seek. And it's a, it's an interesting little intellectual puzzle for me as well. So hopefully it ends up being uh, entertaining for you. So that's, uh, that's kind of all the news in my world of writing. Um, with Losing Freight wrapping up today, it means that, you know, I'm finally... My insane writing schedule is finally cutting back to just two projects, which is 50 Word Stories and Special People for now. Um, and then there's also the uh, Galloway's Voyage novel that I'm still only two-thirds completed and was hoping to have done this summer sometime. So <laughs> I'm going to take a bit of a breather um, with Losing Freight done 
and then start to assess you know how much time rewrites of that are going to take and uh, figure out how I'm going to fit that all in with writing special people and hopefully getting ahead on that and then working on the novel and all that kind of stuff uh, so let's go on to some uh, some Q&A as speaking of losing freight uh, true antitonic asks given that losing freight is wrapping up how do you feel about writing that way with heavy reader involvement uh, I've discussed this a little bit in different ways in in previous podcasts I think but um, yeah like with with it ending today it does you know I can kind of look back and get a relatively full perspective on how how it's all been and what what uh, the format has been like I think writing with with the reader polls every day after every page has been uh, really exciting and really challenging so it's been exciting because I had to write you know by the seat of my pants in so many ways uh, from from the very beginning before I started writing it I had an idea of you know here's the main character here's the villain here's kind of the the sidekick type person and you know Here's the very, very basic plot of the Adam Astrobot action figure. It gets lost, and what are the consequences of that? And then he kind of goes on the run. Uh, that was about it that I had, though. And so it wasn't until about halfway through the story that I had a rough idea of how it was going to end. And if you compared my notes on, which, you know, I might do a blog post on this, uh, or a couple of blog posts, um, comparing my notes from three months ago about how the story you know was roughly going to be shaped towards the ending uh, and you compare that to how it's actually panned out now and maybe compare that to my notes from two weeks ago or a month ago it's all so different every single time because every time I put a poll up and it's pushed people in a certain direction well that gets that that not only you know affects which of the two options I was going to write but it affects the direction my imagination takes as well because um, I've tried to keep myself very kind of open and free with this and not uh, paint myself into a corner and kind of go well it has to go this direction but then what in the world am I going to ask as a poll because if I ask this poll then I'm not allowed to go in that direction anymore and it's the only direction I'm able to go so I didn't want to set myself up for those kinds of situations which meant that I really cut back on my outlining and just kind of let things float and it, you know I knew there had to be a certain conflict between the main character and the villain you know and in this rough setting and for this reason but um, yeah, what that was going to look like and, and what it was going to end up as and how what kind of consequences there would be for the for the good guys and for the bad guys. I couldn't plan that out ahead, and I didn't want to either. So, yeah, a real challenge, but very exciting as well. Um, I would recommend other people try this, but I would not recommend doing it for 24 weeks. Because, <laughs> uh, I don't know, it's it's been... I think Losing Freight has turned out pretty well, but it's also been a little bit uh, scattered in some ways, kind of jumping from place to place, and and uh, at this point there's so much, you know, as I've been writing, especially the last couple of weeks, um, bringing things to a close, there's been so much that I had to try to remember about what happened four months ago while I was writing this, and what happened five months ago, and um, keeping track of all these details that I haven't looked at in such a long time. Um, I think it spread out the writing process really far and that made it tough to to make a, a full cohesive story uh, 
So I think this, this format might be a little bit better suited to a three-month run rather than a six-month or, uh, you know, maybe a different, a few tweaks like that. And, and we're going to think about that because 1889 would like to write or run more of these types of series in the future. So those are the kinds of questions that I'm going to be asking myself and, and uh, other people who want to potentially take on this challenge. But uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's great. It's been great fun. And uh, I think I'd like to do it again at some point, whether it's with the same characters or with something completely new. We will see. Uh, Yvonne asks, uh, off topic, but you might recognize it, question from a Crapshot video, which was something that Loading Ready Run did. How do people French kiss towels? Well, Yvonne, even if you didn't actually expect an answer for it on the podcast, I thought I'd throw it in there. I have no idea, because I don't think I saw that particular Crapshot. But, uh... I'm glad you asked. I think my guess would be that people French kiss towels by tying them around their face like a scarf and then chewing on them. Or they could take Calvin's approach because Calvin, well, he's three months old as of today, and something that he's really enjoyed doing over the last week or two is in taking his little burp cloths that we used to wipe his face up when he drools. Uh, and he takes them and he picks them up because he's just learning to grab things and he stuffs them in his mouth because he's trying to suck on his fingers but he doesn't realize he's still holding the the cloth so the cloth is in the way and that ends up going in his mouth and he chews on that for a while so maybe that's maybe that's an answer I don't know act like a three month old solves a lot of problems so thanks for the questions everyone uh, I hope you enjoy the final page of losing freight tonight uh, and uh Stay tuned for details of the book form for that, that it's going to be shaping into. And uh, enjoy uh, reading the rest of the special people stories and, and everything that I continue to work on this summer. And hopefully uh, see lots of you guys around next time. We'll get some more fun questions through the Q&A. Talk to you guys later.